From inside Memorial Stadium in the Huskers Radio Network studio, it's time for the Sideline Scoop with our Husker great NFL vet, Big Red Analyst, Jeremiah Searles. Here's your host, Jessica Cooty. Welcome back, everybody, into the Sideline Scoop with Searles. We're back in the studio. Man, the bus was fun, though. Yeah, the bus was awesome. It was awesome was, having the bus here. The fact that we pulled that off was remarkable. I mean, you talked a little bit about it last week, but it, it created such a cool atmosphere around there. And, and Will is like a superstar, but fans were kind of gathered around and they were cheering and, and it just kind of amped up the, the atmosphere over there. And I know it's been great and the, the guys have loved walking through there, but it just brought a whole nother level to it. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time I've been over there and seen what the student like tailgate boneyard section is. And that's pretty sweet, a little area. You got the tent set up, you got guys throwing the football, you got guys playing bags and... It's a legitimate, like, big-time tailgate. And I think that that bringing the bus there really showed me how big of a following that bus with the boys has. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not just because it's Will, but I think that organically, I mean, I saw that there might be going to Tennessee this week for the Vols game. So it we probably mi- started we, a trend. I'd say we might have started a way of, hey, if you want the bus coming to your university, but, hey, we were first. Absolutely, yeah. Nebraska set the trend on that one. And the podcast dropped, and Will was great. Uh of course, Trev is always great. Mm. He's always great in those settings. But Saul kind of uh, Scott kind of come out of his shell a little bit, and and it was really a fascinating listen. Yeah, I mean, I got it. I was lucky enough to sit in on it when yeah, we they heard actually you, recorded. You I chimed didn't have in. A mic, back. They didn't. We, have, yeah, they, he, he came to you. He a came to me times. a couple times, but it was cool just to sit in and and just to see Scott relax and see him laugh and joke with Will and go back and forth and. I even I did a lot of radio up in Minnesota this week because obviously I played up there. I know a lot of the media, and they were like, Scott just seems different this year. And I really do think that he has taken some pressure off himself, and it's shown because I think his team's taken some pressure off themselves. He talked about it on the bus. If you haven't listened to it, it's a phenomenal episode. But he talks about having his team not focus on the problems but just focusing on winning. Yep. And I think he actually started doing that too. I think he stopped dwelling so much on the problems. He stopped trying to put out the fires and just said, you know what, we're just going to go out and play. And the team's responded. Obviously, we haven't won the games we've wanted to win, but I think the team is playing better than it has in the last four years. I think that's a big reason why. Yeah, unfortunately, came up just short mm. against Michigan. I know you were devastated, uh, but there were, again, I think a lot of people were surprised at how they played Oklahoma so well. And there's been some games, and then, of course, they, they dominated Northwestern. But, you know, being on that primetime game on ABC, a lot of people were really impressed with how Nebraska played Michigan. Because Michigan, you went back and watched the team. That, yeah. That's a good football it's team. It's a really good football team. I mean, going back and rewatching that tape, Michigan's team defensive speed is just crazy good. I mean, better than Oklahoma's, and Oklahoma's fast. But I think the physicality of Michigan's front and the speed of Michigan's back end is what separates them from, like, the Oklahoma's of the world. But watching the way our kids fought and battled and didn't shy away from any of the challenge, because I've said it before and I'll say it again, I truly believe this team thinks they can stand toe-to-toe with anyone in the country physically. They absolutely And they absolutely can. And it's been a while. It's been a while since that's been the case around here. And that's a great starting point because when you know, hey, physically, we're not getting pushed around. We're going to do the pushing around. Then just comes a little bit more of the execution cleanup. And that's where I see this team getting better. Each week is not where it needs to be, but it's getting better. And that's what Scott's talking about. He says we still have a lot to improve. He's talking about improving that execution stuff because all three of these losses to Michigan State, Michigan, and Oklahoma, we've had the ball with a chance to win it at the end. 
those are where you have to critical moments, critical situations, buckle down and really make sure that you can go win those games. You mentioned Michigan's defense, and that was the most points that they'd given up all year, and mm-hmm. Nebraska did it in two quarters. Yeah. What did you see you know, out of this offense, especially in the second half when they were scoring at will? I mean, even Scott said at one point, we probably scored too quick. You know, So they were really, they got a bunch of different people involved. We saw a lot of different play calls. I, you know, There was one guy I was like, wow, that was an excellent play call. So just what did you kind of see about how they kind of started clicking, especially in that second half? Yeah, so I think they went in halftime, made some excellent adjustments. I actually just got done filming. Uh, this week's tale of the tape and I broke down Levi Folk's touchdown and you saw through the whole first quarter first half they were playing man defense they were daring us to throw the football hey we're putting another guy in the box safety's gonna stand down there we're playing man-to-man defense so coaches saw that and they were able to say hey we're gonna act like we're putting you in motion and put the brakes on and come back and you see the Michigan corner just completely thinks oh here he goes and just takes off and completely loses him and so I think that they made great adjustments and then in the run game as we started scoring, Michigan's kind of upped their pressure a little bit. Their blitz package started getting a little bit higher. And when you can hit a blitz in the face, there's creases. And I thought our O-line did a nice job. I got, I got a shout-out Bryce Benhart. Gets benched, comes back in. I thought he played exceptionally well against Aiden Hutchinson and that crew. And he's going to get a big game this week. But you saw the O-line starting to get some creases, starting to get a little momentum, starting to get a little swagger to them of, hey, we're moving, guys. We're pushing around. We're protecting Adrian. We're letting him make the throws. And they just all started to click. And, again, you talk about a defense playing with confidence. This offense started playing with a lot of confidence, too. I, I sat down with Cam for this week's Cornhusker conversation, Cam Jurgens, and he mentioned that, the, the swagger and the confidence, and that this is a group that, even though they had some shuffling, it seems to be that they're taking a lot of confidence away even though Northwestern wasn't as good of a football team, mm. but they've kind of put together a couple of pretty solid performances that I think they're kind of got some confidence going into this one. And, and it, they're believing it more so than just going out there and doing it. You know, he, he talked about just, you know, it's physical, yes, but a lot of it is what, what you do up here mentally. And, and a lot of these guys are starting to believe it mentally. Yeah, because they're young players. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Turner Corcoran, you talk about – Bryce Benhar, and you talk about Nuri, who's a little bit more of a veteran, but they're all first-time starters for the Big Red. And the more confidence that they can build, the better they're going to play. And you get a couple of signature wins. I mean, we go beat Minnesota this week, gives them even more confidence. You go into the bye with a lot of confidence, knowing, hey, put some good performances against the top 10 team. Why isn't quite there? You win a physical game against Minnesota because it's going to be physical. And you have the ability to go into the bye week that they're just going to keep getting more confident as a group. So I feel like a broken record, but again, this team, you know, is moving past Michigan. They're saying all the right things, but as a player, how do you feel coming off that game against Michigan when again, you had a shot to win it and you're going into another week and preparing for a Minnesota team? I mean, what, what is that like as a player internally? Yeah, this, these are tough. These are especially you get two, three of these in a row. I mean, I know Northwestern, we got the good taste of the win, which is always good, but these are the one like Michigan is tough to swallow because you know, you had them on the ropes and you know, I truly believe like Scott said after the game, they thought they were going to go win that game. I don't yep. think that they were like going out there like, oh, I think they came out there with confidence. Like, hey, we're going to go win this game, either field goal or touchdown, whatever it might be. I thought they felt that at Oklahoma. I agree. I, I think this team has felt that all year. And I, But I think that the fans actually really felt it too. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah. the way that Memorial Stadium, it wasn't an anxious energy. You know, you can feel that when you're a player or when you're a fan and you're in the stadium like that. I, I think the stadium even was like, boys are going to go win this. Yeah. And that feeds into them. 
And so as a player, you have to find a way to harness that thought and not dwell on like, oh, man, it happened again. And I think they've done a good job so far this year of not letting that doubt creep into their minds. But the more it happens, the harder it is. And the more stuff does go wrong, the harder it's to keep those thoughts out. And so my hope for this team is that they focus on the good because there's so much good that they're willing to say, hey, we're close and we believe it. And it's going to turn, boys. It's going to turn. But we have to stay focused on the task at hand. We can't look forward to the bye week. We can't look past anybody. We're not a good enough team to be able to say, oh, we're just going to roll into wherever and beat one because they're not a top 10 team. We're not there yet. And I hope that that's the way they go. If I know Coach Frost and Coach Austin and Held and Chenander and all of them, that's the message I'm sure they're preaching, and I'm sure the players are buying into that too. Well, you mentioned it. The task at hand is Minnesota. And I remember week one or when we were doing this podcast going into week one, and you talked about Illinois trying to keep the ball away from Nebraska. And they're like, just, you, you told me, just wait till we play Minnesota yeah. because they do it very well. And so when you know that, you know what Minnesota is going to do. They're going to try to dominate the time of possession, what they're fifth in the country, they're second in the Big Ten, and at, you know, dominating the time of possession. How do you how do you go about that? How do you face a team like that and not let them do that? You have to make sure, first of all, on offense, you make every possession count. I mean, you might only get six possessions in this game. It could be that kind of game, six to seven possessions, because when you get the ball, you have to make sure you're dictating the tempo. The worst thing you can do against a Minnesota team like this is go three and out. It's the, it's the absolute death of you if you go three and out against a team that wants to control the clock. And then the other thing is you can't turn the ball over against a team like this. You turn the ball over against a Minnesota team, it turns into like three possessions for them because you now lost that, and now they chewed up another seven minutes, especially if they go get points. And so the big thing is being efficient with your drives on offense. And then on defense, the big thing is you got to get them off schedule. You can't let them live in second and six and third and three. Get a negative play. Get them to throw an incomplete pass. Make them live in second and 11s. Make them throw third and eights. They don't have Tyler Johnson and Bateman anymore to go throw the football to. They have Ottman Bell, who's a good receiver, but I like Cam Taylor Britt in that matchup over Ottman Bell. you got to get them uncomfortable in their offense. Tanner Morgan's not a runner, even though they try to make him one. They're down both Mo Ibrahim and Potts are out, so they're turning to their third string running back. you got to create negative plays, but they're going to put seven offensive linemen out there. They're, they will have seven. I just did again, tail of the tape, seven <laughs> offensive linemen on the field, which as an offensive lineman, I'm like, woo. But you also, <laughs> you're limited in what you can do defensively against formations like that. You kind of just got to line up and go mano y mano and then beat the guy's ass in front of you. But you got to like the way that the I black like shirt that defense, you know, I, I like them going man, man versus man. Right. I do too. But you got to think we've come off a couple physical right. football games and they've had a week of rest. And that's the part that makes me a tad concerned. We, you heard Coach Frost talk on Monday. Hey, took some of the pads off of him because I think he understands the task at hand. This is going to be classic Big Ten football, mono e mono, O-line versus D-line wins this football game, especially their O-line versus our D-line. And as I look at guys like Ty Robinson, I look at guys like Ben Stilley and Daniels, they've played a lot of physical football the last month. One more week, boys. One more week, empty the tank, go into the bye week with a win, and it's so much easier to recover after a win because nothing's worse than going to a bye week with a loss. Yeah, physicality, that's that's the big word this week. I, mm-hmm. You talked to a few players, that's the word that keeps coming up more than anything. But you said, you know, again, after the Illinois game, that you didn't think that there was a team that could out-physical 
Nebraska, do you still feel that way going into this? Do you still feel like oh, Nebraska yeah. can win that physicality? Oh, now? absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the reason you're hearing physicality over and over is because the last two years, physically, Minnesota's came in and whooped us. Mm-hmm. And I promise you no one's forgotten that in that locker room, especially last year. Come in, they're missing 10 starters because of COVID and physically ran it down our throats. And I promise you with the way this defense is playing – that ain't going to happen. They're not going to allow that to happen. They know Minnesota is who they are. They know who they're going to be. P.J. Fleck is going to row his little boat all <laughs> over the place and try and run the football. It's on this black shirt's defense job to get up and stop that and make them do stuff uncomfortable. And that's just literally by winning your one-on-one matchup. And like I said, the more I watch it, they've got good players up front. They've got three NFL offensive linemen on that line. Well, we got some NFL defensive linemen, too. It's going to be a great battle to watch on Saturday morning. What about just the, the atmosphere? you played in that yeah. stadium before, uh, playing NFL. You've yeah. been in NFL games there. Uh, what's, uh, you know, when you're coming off playing in front of Memorial Stadium at night for a couple of weeks when it was absolutely electric, and you turn right around and you're going on the road, and it's probably not going to be as electric. I mean, how do you kind of combat it, that? you got to bring your own energy on the right. road. you got to bring your own energy on the road. Sometimes it's more fun to go into a hostile environment because you can kind of feed off their energy of the negative energy coming from a thing. But 11 a.m. kick, Minneapolis, Saturday morning. It's going to be a little chilly. People might be drinking their hot chocolate. Like, <laughs> no one's going to be 20 beers deep at 11 a.m. I mean, some people might. But I think that this is going to be really important of – Coach Frost talked about it. I talk about it all the time, starting fast. How fast can we get off to a big start here? That's by bringing your own energy. And so this team might have to find a way to muster some energy, might have to find a way to get get up and out of bed and drink an extra thing of coffee because you got to start fast against this team. Can we take a time out to Please. talk about the light show? Oh, it's so good. Because it's we, so good. we had Will, uh, Will Honus on last week, and we didn't really dive into it. Mm-hmm. And – it was so awesome. And even Michigan, you talk about bringing your own energy. Michigan was over there jumping around. They were into it. Everybody loved it. It was. We've seen the, just the impressions. It's crazy the amount of views and impressions it's gotten on social media. But, man, that was awesome. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, you could feel everyone, like, in the second and third quarter, everyone, everyone was like, come on, come on, do it, do it, <laughs> cut the lights. And, like, they turned the lights on really bright at first, and everyone, you could tell, was like, what's happening? And all of a sudden, just like, Burr, and mm-hmm. it just went nuts, right? And I love that. I think that that's something more stadiums are trying to do to build energy into the fourth quarter and talk about it, more of a perfect moment. They had just turned it over. We had just scored, it and they had lit. just got the ball back. Like, you couldn't have talked about a more awesome moment for that to happen and ACDC and fire and lights and it's so cool I mean come to a memorial if you're listening to this and you've never been to a game come to a night game sometime hopefully I don't think we'll have many more this year but sometime maybe Ohio State but if you do you got to come just to experience that part alone because it is very special oh man you just made me think about that though like even Michigan loved the atmosphere they love I mean well you mean the week before they were trying to make the jump around thing theirs at Wisconsin and now they were trying to make (laughs) Whatever. Harbaugh, I mean, Harbaugh, Harbaugh makes props, me angry. But I'm just saying that's how awesome the atmosphere was. Correct. That, like, Correct. You're you know, right. Even You're the right. and we saw a lot of fans, a lot of Michigan fans, tweeting about how awesome yeah. the atmosphere was. So even sure. Michigan supporters that were here were, were loving, you know, coming to Lincoln mm-hmm. and being inside that stadium. Okay, let's go back to this week and let's talk about your keys, your, yeah. your big keys to look out for. Yeah. So I mean, the big keys this week are going to be you got to limit you got to limit their run game. You gotta. We talked about it earlier in the show, but you got to make sure that you get them off schedule on first and second down. Um, for our offense, we need to be efficient. 
We need to make sure we put together drives. I don't care if they're 80. I don't care if they're 40. We need to put together drives, and we need to score points. Make this offense come from down. I mean, you saw it. Bowling Green went up on them, and they struggled to come back. They're not built to come back from 10 points down or even ten point or 7 points down. They're just not built for it. And then, and then the last thing is bring your own energy. Mm-hmm. Got to bring your own energy because these 11 a.m. kicks are really kind of about who shows up and who's still kind of laying in bed. How about Ramir and yeah. kind of what he's been able – running backs I've always heard that, you know, can catch like that, that can be a threat in the passing game, are just an absolute nightmare. So how big was that to see him? Run game really wasn't having a lot of success, but then, oh, he just – no big deal, opens up and has a 100-yard receiving game. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy that's battled. I mean, we were sitting here at the Illinois game going, Gabe Irvin, uh, Sevian Morrison, Marquis Stepp. Never once in our mind did we go, Ramir Johnson. But, I mean, what this dude's been able to do and stay the course and, and fight his way up, and he's become the guy. And we talked about it. Someone had to become the guy. It was, it was inevitable that someone was going to do it, but just 14s made the most of his opportunity. And when you have a back that can do both, receive and run the ball, defenses have to respect that. Middle linebackers can't get lost with their head inside on a play action because that running back can go out there. The screen game opens up. The wheel routes open up. Mismatches on linebackers in the receiving game opens up. And so he's been such a great weapon for this offense. And just another guy for Adrian to really rely on. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, your players to watch, offense, defense. Yeah, so offensively uh, this week, it's for me, it's got to be Yant. Can he kind of redeem himself? Didn't have a great game last week. He had that second and two where he went the wrong way. Didn't see much of him after that. But he's a guy we're going to need down the stretch. And so my hope is he had a great week of practice. He earned that trust back of this coaching staff. And he can go out there and be that power back that we saw against Northwestern. And then on defense, um, Henrich. Nick Henrich is a guy that I really think is going to have to have a big game. We talk about these offensive linemen, seven of them. They're going to be pounding on these linebackers, game in and play in and drive after drive and quarter after quarter. How can he creatively find ways to avoid these guys? You don't want to go just four quarters bashing your head into 330-pounders. That's what I'd want you to do if I was an offensive lineman. Hey, keep hitting me. Eventually, I'm going to win this battle. But how does he get creative? And how does he swim moves or push pulls? Or how does he avoid these guys and maybe get in there for some of those TFLs? Him and Reimer have to have big games. Where does row the boat and the Minnesota persona whatever Mm. rank among your disdain for Big Ten teams? Yeah. So I always get made, people get upset because it's like, row the boat, it's for charity, it's for good things, for, yeah, great. The second you turn that into literally everything, it's fair game to make fun of. It's fair game to make, it's like, hey, go to get a sandwich. Row the boat, man. Row that boat over that sandwich there. It's just, I can't, I can't, the adjectives, the adjectives, be elite, man, be elite. It's the, we have the greatest practice ever. If you're not seen in the, have you seen him on the quarters yeah. where he runs oh, back yeah. and forth? Yeah. I just can't handle it. I just can't. It's just, I can't. So, I just can't. not very high on Lowest your... of lows. <laughs> Pick a low, find it, hit the bottom, dig another hole, keep it going. So, final thoughts. You seem fired up again. You were pretty um, focused. I, I mentioned this in the Facebook Live because you can be pretty hyped up mm-hmm. and you get pretty amped. But you were a little subdued. I think you're so focused and in on that game last week. I was, back to- I was feeding off their energy last week. I thought they were very focused. Mm-hmm. And for me, hey, if you got to bring the energy, 
I got to bring my own energy too. You think I don't want to, I want to be down there on the sideline at 11 a.m. I want to go too. Like someone's <laughs> got to bring it. So we're getting fired up already. And I, I'm going back home. I love Minneapolis. I know a lot of people up there. I was on K-Fan up there all week this week talking about the games. And they're actually, they're actually pretty were concerned that Nebraska is going to come up there and beat the Gophers for the first time in a few years. So that was good to hear from them too. All right. Well, it should be fun. Again, we'll have the uh, Facebook live stream coming up. Uh, th this week, since we're back on the road, it'll be 60 minutes out. So Facebook yep. live, join us. We appreciate you guys tuning in from all over. And uh, they'll have the radio call for you. Pre-game show starts at, what, 7 a.m., right? Yes. 7. 7. So uh, we've got all the coverage for you right here on the Huskers Radio Network. For Jeremiah Searles, I'm Jessica Cootie. Thanks for listening. Go Big Red!